0: And vindication from God the Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of Glory may come in. But who is this King of Glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord. Lift up your heads, O oh you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory, the Lord Almighty? He is the King of glory. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. From now through the next two or three years But yet God As he sees fit Has Christ Sit with these people Out on the mountainside And he gives this one sentence That just Lands on them like a ton of bricks Today we would say Jesus would speak this sentence And then there would be a mic drop Nothing else to say Because everybody's sitting there and their minds are swirling and they're working to process everything that he just said. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Pure heart. First of all, they're going, pure heart. To them, pure means clean, refined, pruned. That's what that pure means. Those three words. Clean, refined, and pruned. And then he says, if your heart is that way, if it is clean, refined, and pruned, then you'll see God. Now you've got to remember, back then, they don't see God. The priest goes into the Holy of Holies to sacrifice for them. There is a veil at this point. They don't get to enter in there. They don't come to church on Sunday and sit in a pew and get to have this one-on-one relationship with God. They can't see God. As a matter of fact, God had told Moses, which these people sitting on the mountainside are very aware of, that no man has seen God. Right? See, it's, it's, it's hard for us at times. We need to shift our brains and think, what's going on with them back then? But they weren't allowed to have connection with God. It was only through the high priest. So here's this guy who has done a few miracles. And they started following him. And Jesus begins to explain, if you have a pure heart, then you will see God. They're like, what are you talking about? How does that happen? Well, remember, before Jesus started all this, this Sermon on the Mount, he had talked to them that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And what did they need to do? Repent. So right there is a shift of heart. But he gets on into the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What they heard was completely overjoyed are those whose hearts are clean, refined, and pruned because their relationship with God will be extremely close. That's what they heard. So, Jesus, as he is working through the Sermon on the Mount, he's building this and he's telling them, You need to repent, you need to be forgiven. You need to have a pure heart. So their thought and their mindset of understanding to be clean, to be refined, to be pruned is something that happens in their physical life. Clean. Because they were not to eat anything that was unclean. Right? So see, they're making this connection between what I'm able to eat and what I'm not able to eat. What is clean and what is not clean. But they also understand refinement. Because they understood what purity was. Gold, silver, the precious metals had to be heated. Right? So there were still blacksmiths and all back then, and they did this work. So they understood that if something got hot enough, that the dross or the impurities would come to the surface... And those impurities would need to be scraped away so that the silver became more pure, that the gold became more pure. So, see, they're relating the physical world and their society with what Christ is talking about spiritually. But see, their brains and their gears are grinding because they're trying to figure out, how do I do that to my heart? But see, they also understood pruning. They were farmers. They understood that if a tree is going to produce more, then it needed to be cut back. That which is grown had to be removed. Then it would produce more fruit. So they understood these concepts of what is clean. What is being refined. What needs to be pruned. And then they needed to relate that to their heart. They knew it because even David talked about it, like we read this morning in Psalm 51. Created me a clean heart, O God. Created me a pure heart. A pure heart does not mean a perfect heart. Okay? A pure heart is not a perfect heart. Because, see, we get, and I say we, as Christians and society as a whole, the the outside world even looks at us and says, well, you need to be perfect. You're a Christian. You should be perfect. And then we buy into that and go, you know what? I need to be perfect before I can come to God. Right? We, We buy into that sometimes. And we feel the outside world pressuring us into that. But that's not God at all. God is like, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I don't care. I love you enough. Come to me. And I will make you whole. See, if it was up to us and we were able to make ourselves whole, then we don't need God. Because I can do it on my own. And that's not it at all. This is an open invitation of Jesus, even to these people, to say your pure heart is something that i handle and then you will see me you see the first way to have a pure heart is to ask i cannot make my heart pure and if i can't make my heart pure i certainly cannot make yours pure but god can make our heart pure David proves that to us. Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Because I can't do it. We know that David had his failures. But you can do it, God. So you, God, create in me a clean heart so that I can have a close relationship with you. Create in me a pure heart. In 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. Let me read those for you. So for us to have a pure heart, we're asking God to to do this for us, right? That's the point that I'm making right now. We're asking God to do that for us. Listen to what John writes. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask... We know that we have what we asked of Him. If we ask anything according to God's will, then He hears us. And since we know that He hears us, we will have what we have asked for. That might not be a 2020 Cadillac. I'm just saying. What it is though. Would not. A good father. Want his child. To have a pure heart. So that their relationship. Can be strengthened. And deepened. Yes or no. Yes. So we know that if we ask God. For a clean heart. That he hears us. And He will answer us. So that's one of the things that we don't have to go, Okay, I'm going to pray this prayer and um, I don't know if this is your will or not, God. You know it is. You know that it is. So for us to move forward in having a clean, a refined, a pruned heart. Then first... Ask the Lord. Ask Him. And He will hear you. And He will answer you. So it's one of those things that when we step into that to ask a question, sometimes we can even jokingly go, Do you know what you're really asking for? Because it can be quite a journey. And a very good one. Though we don't like the thought of being placed into a furnace and being heated up to the point where we just can't stand it and all of our impurities begin to show. Like, for example, if we go to work and it is a very intense time at work and people say things to you that they shouldn't say or they use a voice tone that they shouldn't use. All of a sudden you can feel the pressure and you can feel it starting to build and you can feel it starting to build and then all of a sudden, guess what comes out? I will. I'll, I'll use the word impurities. Right? I'm not the only one that's been there. But these impurities—you can feel the pressure. You can feel it, and you can even think to yourself: If this heat doesn't turn down, then some impurities are going to come out. Right? So if you have. Bravely asked the Lord for a clean heart, and all of a sudden things start to be going wrong around you, and you start to feel that pressure. And man, it's heating up in here, and it's getting a little hot. I don't think I'm gonna explode and I'm gonna just let some impurities fly. What God is doing is He is answering your request because He is showing you the impurities. Of your heart. So, step two, ask for forgiveness. Not only do you ask for a clean heart, you ask and receive the forgiveness for the impurities. And you let him take them. Why don't I want to just spout off anymore? Because your heart's changing. Why does it take longer for those impurities to come to the surface? Because your heart's changing. The refinement process, the heat, is taking place in your life. What about the pruning? There are things that get removed, cut off. That happens to us also, doesn't it? And we find that those things that are not pure before the Lord, are removed from our life, then the other side of that is fruit begins to show. Good fruit. Fruit that other people want to feed off of. Because we know that because in our own life, we see others who have fruit, and guess what we want to do? We want to spend time with them. I enjoy hanging out with Steve. Steve's got some wonderful qualities. That he has allowed God to develop in his life. I appreciate that. And I want to be around that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There are people in our lives that we see God in their life. And we see what God has produced in their life. And you know what? We want to be a part of that. We want to be close to that. We want to become that. So first pure heart. Ask for it. Second, ask for forgiveness and move on. Third, find accountability. Find a partner to journey with. Because your first request to the Lord in making my heart pure, in letting me go through these fires to be refined and to be pruned, Is a journey. And there are those that the Lord has. That we can walk this journey with. Because they're in pursuit of him. Just like you are. You see even when Christ sent the disciples out the first time. He sent them out two by two. He did. Partly because God was going to do so many cool things. That nobody would believe one guy. So you had to have two. Right? And that's what happened. A lot of miracles took place. And so there's evidence there, but also there's times when we get discouraged. And sometimes the heat can be too much. And yes, we cry out to the Lord, but we also have somebody there to pick us up. Because our job is to encourage, edify, build up the body, strengthen one another. It's wonderful to know that you're not alone. So ask God for a pure heart. Let him do his work and ask for forgiveness of the things that he shows you. Partner, find someone else to walk the journey with you so that you're not alone. And last, submit. Getting pruned is not easy, right? Right? Being stuffed into a furnace? Not easy. Gets a little hot in here. Not easy. But surrender to the process. Submit to what the Lord is doing in your life. Because what you see is not the final step. It's the beginning of Him being glorified through you so that others... Are reached by what they see in you. Are we going to make mistakes along the way? Yeah. A pure heart is not perfect. A pure heart is not perfect. As a matter of fact. You would be shocked at how many people are actually reached. When you mess up. And you handle that mess up correctly. When you ask for forgiveness. To whom you've wronged. That in itself is a testimony. God use anything. God can and will use anything. Even when we fall, He will use it. Blessed are those who have a pure heart, for they will see God. I was reminded of Some of my old friends back in Virginia, it's funny, the house that we moved into, I can look out my back window and I can see West Virginia. There's a buddy of mine that I went to high school with, he's from West Virginia, die hard West Virginia fan, and for some reason, every time I look out my back window and I see West Virginia, I think of him. So I sent him a note this weekend. Haven't talked to him in over a year. But I fondly remember Jimmy Coffin fondly remember Jimmy Kaufman. And you know what? My response, my my communication to him was, hey man, next time you're up to see your parents, let me know, I'd love to see you. Does anybody else have a friend like that? Somebody that you'd like to see? There's a fondness in your heart that you want to see them again. That you want to restore or to have that relationship. That you want to reminisce and talk about how close and how deep your relationship is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God maybe it's been a family member you haven't seen for a while the holidays are coming up they're going to come into town how excited do you get to be able to see them and spend time with them it's that level of seeing that Jesus is talking about here in our relationship with God it's that strong of a connection that you can't wait to spend time with him. That you want to see him. That you want to be a part of his world. What he's doing. And connect with him. And stay connected with him. To see him. see, oftentimes, church, we don't think about God at that level. To see him. To be with him. Just to spend time with him. To set your alarm and get up in the morning just so you can sit in His presence. You see, oftentimes that connection doesn't happen because our hearts, honestly, are not pure. There are things that we hold on to. There's impurities that we hold tight. Because that impurity is more important than my relationship with Him. And that's not right Then that's not right so there are things in our life when the heat gets turned up that our impurities come to the surface and we recognize them and we see them and you know what we do we hold on to them we hold them and what that does is it keeps a distance in our relationship with God that we don't even realize you see because we've had people in the past Where there may be friends that we are looking forward to seeing. There are other friends that we know that we don't want to see. And we're missing out on something that is the most treasured relationship that we could ever, ever have. And we hold our impurities as more important than the relationship to the one who made us. And we have to let those go. Even though that phrase, we have to let those go. It's like it's our job. The only thing we have to do is surrender it to Him. And He takes it. Cast all your cares upon me. Because I care for you. If you will let it go, I will take it. If you will let it go, I will take it. Church, we can trust Him to do that. We can trust God to take those impurities from our life. And allow our relationship with Him to deepen further than you would ever, ever imagine. Let them Go. Allow yourself to walk through the fire. Allow yourself to be pressed. Allow yourself to be pruned and cleaned. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. Blessed, overly joyful are those who are pure in heart. For they will see God. For they will see God. Overly joyful. And as we let these things go, you'll see that. You'll experience that joy. You'll experience it. This, again, is yet a promise that we've been given. A promise that we've been given. Let's pray. Father, Lord God, I thank you for the day that you have given us to hear your word, to understand your teaching. Father, to go beyond where we are. Father, I ask you to lead us. Guide us. Strengthen us to submit and surrender to the things that are pure. So that our hearts will be pure and that our relationship with you will deepen. Father, I pray that through that process that you just establish a hunger and a thirst in our life to be with you, to spend time with you, and to know you like we never had. Father, thank you for loving us, for caring so deeply for each one of us. Father, for rescuing us, giving us opportunities to be redeemed got to be restored. to come down front, I'd love to pray with you. But just feel free to step out. So we had have-